We're trying to add to the festive uh, feel of the night. We're so glad that you have come to join us tonight. Um, we've got people here from all over the city. I know we've got some friends joining us from the Journey Church in Southwest Colleen. We've also got a lot of, yeah, whoop, whoop, little, uh, little respect there. And we've also got people visiting from all over the country, right? Some of you are just visiting your family here. We're, you're like, I don't know who this church is or why we're here, but our family brought us along. Some of you found out about us online. For whatever reason, we're glad you're here. Thanks for coming to worship with us. We enjoy celebrating Christmas together. We do some different things than what we would normally do on a, a regular worship service. Um, there's a little more kind of stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down in the way we proceed. So for Christmas, we celebrate through the four major themes of what we believe Jesus brings into our life through his birth and death and resurrection. And so at Christmas time, we'll celebrate what we see on the wall here, hope and love and joy and peace. And so what we'll do is we'll talk about what those things mean and how Jesus brings those things into our life. And so we'll do some scripture readings that focus on that. We'll sing a song that, that follows on that theme. Uh, we'll do a little responsive reading and light a candle together where I'll read a thing on the screen and then you'll respond back. Uh, and so there will be a lot of back and forth. In the middle of the service, there will be a kid's story time. So kids, get ready for that. In the middle of the service, we're going to bring you all up, okay? Not yet, but about halfway through. Um, we'll light some candles in the end. We'll sing a song with candles kind of in the darkness. That'll be fun. So anyway, we are so glad you're here. One more thing I want to point out. I have a little red card that you'll see under the chairs. And if you're new, uh, we would love for you to fill this out. This gives us a way to follow up and just connect you more with church life, help you get connected with things that are going on here. So this red card, you can grab this, fill it out. You can hand it to anybody that has a name tag on, hand it to me, drop it in any of the boxes you see by the doors with slots. Uh, we'd love to give you a, a mug as well for your time for filling that out. So we appreciate that. Um, we're now going to talk about the first theme. The first theme is the theme of hope. And hope is the idea that you are looking forward to something good and beautiful coming because of God's grace at work in our lives. And what we see as we look at the story of the Bible is that God created all things good. God made a beautiful world, and we can intuitively see that, right? When we walk outside, when there's a beautiful sunset or sunrise, when you see mountains or trees, you just think, man, God is amazing. The creation is amazing. But we also intuitively know that there's something wrong with the world. We're all broken. The world's broken. There's disaster. There's death. There's disease. There's, there's something wrong inside of our own hearts. We don't love like we should. And the Genesis story explains this idea. And so we see this in the beginning in Genesis chapter 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. This is the idea that God made creation good. That's, that's the good and the glory that we see in the world. Then in Genesis 3, there's a fall. We call it the fall because mankind falls from their position of glory and greatness. We're made for incredible things, yet we, we turned away from God, and we didn't continue to trust Him, but we reached out to say, I want to have the fruit of the tree that you have forbidden, because I'd rather have the blessings of creation than have a relationship with the Creator. And so after that, we hid. We still play that out today. We hide from God. We see this in Genesis 3. It says, the Lord called to the man and said, where are you? He responded, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, and I hid myself. You might be thinking, well, well what does this have to do with hope? Well, well, hope is then promised throughout the Old Testament. Hope is promised that there's a Savior that's coming, that God is coming to shine light. Even though we're hiding, God comes and he brings light, and he discovers us as we hide in the darkness. In Isaiah 9, it says, 
The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them has light shone. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And also in Isaiah chapter 7, it says, The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now I'm going to read the top portion, and then I'll have you respond with the bottom portion that you see on the screen. Christ shines in our darkness. He is the rescuing king we've been longing for. Jesus, be our hope of rescue. Merry Christmas. Let's stand together and sing this song.
for us to meditate on is the, the idea of love, that God sends love for us in sending Jesus. We saw that as we hide in the darkness, that God is sending light to come look for us. That light comes in the form of Jesus. Love is not just a feeling. Uh, that's how we often use the word, but love is purposing for someone else's good, and we see that purpose of God for us in Christ. And so Lindsay's going to read some scriptures for us to describe the love that God has for us in Christ. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John 3, 16 through 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Christ shines in our darkness to reveal the perfect love of God. Jesus, you are unfailing love. And then let's stand together.
So we have this strange tradition of playing ukuleles at Christmas time. Um, so if that's weird to you, I'm sorry, but just think of it as a tiny guitar and everything's gonna be okay. But yeah, you got the beat down already. We didn't even have to ask. You guys are awesome. So if you want to go simple, you can go like this. Be good. Or if you can keep singing and doing that, that's amazing. But let's try it out. Here we go. Ready?
Right on. Y'all can take a seat. All right, kids, now's the time you've been waiting for. We're going to have a children's story time. And so, uh, parents, feel free to come up with your kids. If they're a little bit nervous about coming up, you can come and, and sit with them. We've got a little carpet right up here. They can come and listen to a story. We're going to read a little Christmas story. Um, it's a Christmas tradition for people to imagine what it would have been like to be there when Jesus was born. And so this story is in that tradition. This story is imagining what it would have been like to be a camel in one of the caravans of the wise men to discover the Lord Jesus being born on earth. So come on up. We'll squeeze in. It's like we got a lot of little ones. Just squeeze in as close as you can. Y'all can go ahead and have a seat. Squeeze on in there. got more in my office, don't worry. All right, well, I am so glad to see all of you this evening. Y'all look so um, extra special sparkly and pretty and unicorn-y, unicorn-like. <laughs> I love that. It's a party, right? It's Christmas, so um, yeah. <laughs> So it's, we're celebrating, right? Have you guys seen a bunch of maybe presents around your house? Have you been trying to help mom and dad maybe wrapping the presents, right, or opening them later whenever that's time? Well, we're going to read a story. Pastor Dave said it's about a camel. It's kind of about a camel. I mean, the picture on the front, definitely a camel, right? But it's also about a gift, all right? So listen real closely and see if you can decide... What is the really great gift in this story, okay? All right. Here we go. That makes me happy. Behold, most beloved, most beauteous, and exalted king of all should be my name. Instead, they call me Humphrey. This I could bear if the worst thing of all had not happened. My dearest possession, my glorious carpet blanket, has been lost along the trail, and now I'm never warm, and I suffer terribly. That is why I have set into motion a plan to replace my most greatest of all treasures, my blankie. I carefully nudge my nose inside the caravan master's tent. This is followed closely by the chattering of my teeth, thereby letting my master know that I am most enormously cold. Success! He has not pushed me out, and I remain hopeful that a new blanket will soon be mine. Three rich caravans have joined us on our journey. There's been talk of kings, but these kings bring me no joy, for they have, they have tied three huge chests to my bare, blanketless back. They're so heavy, I'm sure that each of them must be filled with rocks. The other camels are wearing the finest of blankets and they are all comfortable and warm. Not one of them thinks about me, their cousin, in pain and misery because of the loss of my most precious carpet blanket. 
I cry out in sorrow. <laughs> I weep. You guys shouldn't laugh when I weep. Today, I continue my plan to regain my treasured blanket. I add loud sniffling <laughs> to the chattering of my teeth, and I squeeze my entire body into my master's tent. As I do so, out rolls my master, for this tent is exactly camel-sized. It's just as I planned, as the master angrily chases me away, he tosses me a new blanket. <laughs> Success! Once more, I am covered with splendor and comfort. I'm filled with delight. If it were not for the heavy chest that I'm forced to carry, I would be almost happy. We have been following one star for many long nights, and now our caravan enters the town of Bethlehem. Its streets and inns are crowded with travelers. My master gives no thought to my tired feet, my rumbling belly. I'm forced to move on. At last, we've reached the end of our journey, but I am confused. There is no great palace. I thought we had kings. No rich oasis, no palm trees with heavy fruit. I see only a lowly stable with people inside. The three kings rejoice and rush forward to bow before the young woman who's cradling a baby. Finally, oh, those chests are taken from my back and placed before this tiny child. As each box is opened, I don't see rocks, only gold and frankincense and myrrh. In this land, I have walked past many children, but never before have I felt the need to walk toward one. But now I kneel before this baby, shivering in a manger, and watching him gladdens me more than kings and palaces, or sweet water, fresh hay, or even my wondrous new blanket. I look into those, uh, to the baby's eyes, and I'm overwhelmed with love. I pull my treasure from my back and lay my gift carefully upon the child. He smiles, and my nose and my whiskers tingle with joy. I'm happy to my toes, and even without my blanket, I feel warm. Beloved, most beauteous, exalted king of all should be his name. Instead, they call him Jesus. Did you guys like that? Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Did you guys figure out what the gift was? What was the gift? Oh, you guys got the answer right off, right. There was a blanket, right? The camel gave a blanket to the baby. But the real gift is Jesus. You're right. Um, well, Pastor Dave is going to give you guys a little gift. Um, if you'll find him, I think, <laughs> in somewhat, I don't really I'll know. stand here. Elliot is going to stand okay. there. So you can go down that aisle and get a candy cane, or you can come down this aisle and get a candy Merry cane. Merry Christmas, you guys. But don't go down both aisles. You have to pick an aisle, okay? And don't eat the candy cane until you ask your parents if it's okay. 
All right. And you're going to also want to ask them how this is a Christmas symbol. Tell them they might need to Google it. Figure that out. There you go. There you go. Oh, careful. Careful. There you go. This is a lot like what Bethlehem felt like. Kind of crowded streets. Y'all think my wife did a good job singing, uh, reading that story? She taught me to read. Okay, you want to give one to your, your mom and dad? Okay, that's all right. <laughs> You're welcome. There you go. There you go. Merry Christmas. There you go, buddy. You're welcome. Want one, baby? Thank you. You're welcome. There you go. All right, we catch everybody? talk about joy, right? Uh, as I said, it's a Christmas tradition to imagine what would it have been like to be there. And so there are a million children's stories and grown-up stories written from the perspective of different characters in the story. What we want to do now is we want to read the story from the Gospel of Luke. Um, it's the most widely attested documents we have of the stories of Jesus. We've collected those. We call that the New Testament. We collect these documents that are truthful, that have stood the test of time, that uh, speak to what really happened uh, when Jesus came on earth. And so I'm going to read the birth story from Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to, De to, De to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that has been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. 
Christ shines in our darkness so that we may rejoice even in suffering. Jesus, be our joy in every moment. Let's stand together and sing.
idea of peace. Peace is uh, defined in two different ways, biblically. The simple way that we define peace is there's no more war. We're not fighting anymore. And we can see that peace through Christ. His death on the cross took away our sin. We're now reconciled to God by faith in what Jesus has accomplished for us. But there's a broader picture of peace that comes from the Old Testament. Shalom. It's this idea of everything being the way it's supposed to be. We long for that day. So we have a down payment now of forgiveness and reconciliation with Christ, but we also long for the day when everything will be made right. And so Ryan, Pastor Ryan from The Journey, is going to read some scriptures here from John 14, where Jesus reassures his disciples that we can have peace because Jesus gives us peace, even though the world we live in is still broken and difficult. Hear the word of the Lord this evening from John chapter 14, verses 18 through 20. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. And hear the word of the Lord from John 14, 25 through 27. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Christ shines in our darkness to end our conflict with God and with each other. Jesus be our peace. Stand and sing.
stars are brightly shining, it is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and never pining, till He appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious Thank you.
take a seat. There we go. Can you hear me now? Now we're going to take some time to meditate on Jesus himself, what it meant that Jesus came for us, what it meant that Jesus uh, pursued us in love from all the different scriptures we read. How can we put all of that together? One of the lines I really like from the Once in Royal David's City song that we sang is, and at last our eyes shall see him through his own redeeming love. The idea is that we finally see God because of the redeeming love that God gives to us in Christ. Uh, We live in a really interesting time in history, and I want us to think about that as we think back on what happened 2,000 years ago. Right now, we live in a communications revolution, a really unusual time, and it's easy to miss because it's the air we breathe, it's the water we swim in, and we may not really realize how intense it really is. Um, Right now, you and I are connected to more individual other people than people have been at any other time in history, right? Uh, You know more people through communication devices than people have ever known before. We just have this vast ability to connect with people all over the world, to keep in touch with people that we knew years ago but have moved away from. And yet at the same time, even though we're more connected to more people, we still have this gnawing and growing sense of disconnectedness, right? We feel more and more isolated as people. We feel more and more distant. And so we have this interesting dynamic, this irony that sets in when we see people on social media We kind of think that everything is good and everything is put together for them, and they wouldn't really understand what it's like to be us, right? There's this distance that sets in. You can have these feelings of disconnection. I'd say even feelings of insecurity because of the way communication works in our time period. Um, You can see people and kind of get this vague sense of how great their lives are because of the pictures that you see of other people, but you don't really know them closely, right? You can see their rants about injustice, Uh, and be like, wow, they're really sure about right and wrong. I'm not that sure, you know, and (laughs) you can feel distant and disconnected. You can see maybe sweet, sentimental images of their family and think, man, my family is not this sweet, right? Or maybe I don't have a family, right, and I'm lacking, I'm missing out on this sweetness. I think the same disconnection we feel with people represents how we relate to God because we have a similar kind of disconnection from God. We have like this vague knowledge of God, but we don't deeply know him. You might have seen or heard that God is great, but do you really know God and and all of his majesty? Do you really know him deeply and how great he really is? You might be familiar with some of his rants about injustice through the prophets in the Old Testament, but do you really know his justice? Do you really know who God is? You might have seen images. It's a great time to see images of the nativity scene, right? Little sweet, sentimental images of Jesus and his family, but do you really know what it meant that Jesus came for us? I think this distance that we have from God was answered or talked about in a really weird song, uh, way by a pop song back in 1995. I know a lot of you weren't born yet, but in 1995, there was a really catchy pop song. It rose to the top of the charts. I think it made like, it was like the number four in rotation. It's really catchy, kind of like an earworm that would get stuck in your head. And it asked the question, what if God was one of us? What if God was one of us? It was a really catchy song. It was hard to get out of your head. It said, what if God was one of us, just a slob like one of us, a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home, no one calling on the phone. It was written by a guy named Eric Baslian, and then it was sung by Joan Osborne. She's the one that made it famous. 
the artists told a journalist about this uh, song, Richard Lay of the Washington Post. They said that the song seemed to have a life of its own. It's really interesting to hear them talk about the song. Baslian said, this song knows what it's saying, even though I don't. Whoever dictated this piece knew where it was going. The singer, Joan Osborne, said this. She said, the song used Eric to be born, and then it used me to spread its message throughout the world. Sounds kind of weird, right? Describing a pop song, really, you know, a pop song that most of you have never heard before or have forgotten. But it got us asking a really important question. It got us asking a profound question that I think we should continue to ask. What if God was one of us? Let me, let me say the question this way. Can God relate to me, or is he so distant and so perfect, he doesn't know what it's like to be a human being living in this world of suffering and pain? You ever ask that kind of question? Can God relate to me? Or is God so distant, he's so out there that he doesn't really know what it's like to be me. He doesn't know what it's like to live in this world. Christmas is exactly the answer to this question. Christmas is the answer to this question. The the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John are are great answers. They give a lot of details. Um, But I want to kind of focus in on a letter in the New Testament from the Apostle Paul. It's the letter to the church in Philippi. It's called Philippians. If, if you want to open up, there are Bibles under the chairs you could open up. I'm not going to spend a lot of time in the text, so you don't have to. I, I don't think you'll be lost if you don't, but it's on page 981 if you want to grab one of those Bibles. Uh, whenever we have folks come in, we always like to, to trick you into opening a Bible just to get you in the habit. Um, so I encourage you to do that and open up the Black Bibles to page 981. But we're going to look at a little, little tiny piece, what most scholars think is an older hymn that Paul was actually bringing into his letter. Most scholars think this was actually like a song, a little song that Christians would sing to remember who Jesus was and what he'd done for them. But whatever, wherever it came from, it's here in the letter to the Philippians. Uh, And in Philippians chapter 2, Paul talks about this. He, He says that not only was God one of us, but he sacrificed much to become one of us, to live for us, and to die for us. So it says this in Philippians chapter 2, Christ Jesus, while existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped, or some translations say exploited for himself. Didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped or exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. When he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. The way Jesus lived among us, the way Jesus gave up uh, his full rights to divinity and came and lived as one of us, it's completely the opposite of a slick marketing social media campaign. I hope you see that, right? Like there's no Instagram filter here to the way Jesus lived among us. There's no Snapchat puppy dog ears on, on Jesus here, right? There's no cuting it up. It's just, it's just he lived just like we did. He suffered as we did. He knows what it was like to be hurt and to be abused and to walk where we've walked. And I think it's really important that that we don't miss this. The story of Jesus's life as a a normal suffering one of us should not be underestimated. Don't miss it. It's really important. It's important for our faith. It's important even if you're not a believer. If you're a a skeptic or a believer, it's important to meditate on this and to think about this. Um, All Christians believe that Jesus was simultaneously fully God, and that he also was fully man. He lived finitely as a human, 
with the same limitations that we live with. God really was one of us. He knows your pain. He knows your struggles. He understands. He's not distant in the sense that he has no idea what it's like to be you. Hebrews 4.15 says he can sympathize with us because he was tempted. He was tried in every way as we are yet without sin. And so Jesus walked among us. He lived as one of us. And this means that the distant God of the universe can closely relate to you and to me. That gives us reasons for, for great hope. We're also told that he died for us. Not only did he live as one of us, we can relate to us, but he died for us as a sacrificial death. This ties together all the kind of weird sacrifices of, of the Old Testament stories. It also ties together a, a lot of this kind of thing that we see in other cultures. This, this sense that God is distant and a sacrifice needs to be made to, to pay for what we owe and bring us into God's presence. That, that comes to full fruition in the life of Christ. He's the only really perfect sacrifice. He's the only one that absolutely lived as one of us and yet lived as one of us without sin. He loved others the way we should have loved. He lived the life we were supposed to, to live. And so Christians believe that if you look to Jesus in trust, if you look to his life and his death and his resurrection in trust, then your sins are forgiven. And then God looks on you with pleasure. God is delighted in you. He loves you. He adopts you into his family. He makes peace with you. He will walk with you. He will never let go of you. And that's the hope that we have at Christmas time. Christmas is a great time for us to think about this. What if God was one of us? Well, he was. He was. God was one of us. The, the song says, if God had a face, what would it look like? And would you want to see if seeing meant that you would have to believe in things like heaven and in Jesus? What's your answer to that? If God had a face, would you want to see him? And what if seeing meant you owed him something? I want to encourage you to take that risk. I want to encourage you to not like run away because, uh-oh, it might cost me something, but to take it seriously and say, man, it's worth looking into. It's worth investigating. What if God was one of us? Christianity claims that he was. And millions and millions of people worldwide have said, this is worth it. It's worth investigating. I want to encourage you to investigate. If you could see God, would you want to? At what cost? What, what if he asked you to, to follow him? One of Jesus' early followers cried out to him, we don't know the way. Jesus said, I am, I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. He's like, but we don't know how to get to the heavenly father. You're saying you're going to the heavenly father. We don't know how to get to the heavenly father. And Jesus said, if, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. And so what I want to encourage you to move towards this Christmas time is to, to take a look at Jesus. What if God was one of us? Well, if, if we look at Jesus, we'll see God. That's, that's what Jesus says. If you study Jesus, if you look at Jesus, if you soak yourself in the life of Jesus, if you pursue Jesus, you will get to know God. And I want to challenge you to try that in the new year. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, for skeptics, it's easy to think, man, it's not worth it. I want to waste my time. I just want to, I want to dare you and challenge you to pursue Jesus, to look, look into him. It's worthwhile. And believers, man, people that already say they believe in Jesus will, will call you. Um, there's a lot more to him than we often realize, right? Sometimes we just believe in, in little Sunday school stories we heard as kids, but we haven't really looked into who Jesus really was. 
So I want to challenge you in the new year. This is a great time of year to set new goals, right? We're heading into a new year in 2019. What if you made 2019 a year where you said, I'm going to read the gospel accounts of Jesus. I'm going to try to study who Jesus was. I'm going to try to get to know him. I'm going to try to apprentice myself to Jesus, to try to start following him and understanding him. There's so many ways to do that, just simply reading the stories. Um, You can listen to them on audio. I know some people learn better listening than reading, right? But pursue those stories and look into the life of Jesus. Ask yourself, why did Jesus come? What does he think of hurting people? What does he think of religious people? What does he think of me? Why was Jesus born as a baby? Why did Jesus willingly die for humanity? Was all of this just some random accident? Or does it mean that the God of the universe loves me and is pursuing me and rescuing me from myself and my own sin? I want to encourage you to pursue him, to investigate him, to take that risk in the new year. Our church, uh, the Journey Church, Pastor Ryan up here on base is a part of the Journey Church in Southwest Colleen. I'm sure a lot of other churches are probably doing this in the new year as well, but, but our two churches together will be studying the Gospel of John in the new year, starting in 2019. Would, it, would love to have you join us and study together, but encourage you to do that on your own time as well. You can just read the Gospels. I encourage you to pursue Jesus, get to know who God is. By looking into the face of Jesus, you will see the face of God. You will understand better who he is. Jesus tells us that he is the light of the world, but it's interesting, in the Gospels of Matthew, he also says that we are the light of the world as we trust him, right? As you begin to walk with Jesus, then you have light to share with others. And so we're going to do this really cool thing here in a minute where we light candles together. Um, We're going to kind of turn down the lights, enjoy the candles. I'm going to pray for us before we get to that because fire is dangerous. So let me pray for us, um, and then we'll transition to the pyrotechnics. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you that you love us, and I just thank you for all those who are here tonight who may be considering for the first time, maybe these Christmas stories are true. Um, Maybe all of this is is not just commercialism, which a lot of it has infected the way we see Christmas, but maybe there really was a God who took on flesh, was born as a baby, lived the life we should have lived, died the death that we deserve to die, rose from the dead to prove that he is victorious over sin and death, and he's a savior that we can trust. God, help us to take next steps of pursuing you, trusting you, looking into you. God, help us to to move forward, not to wait until we've got it all figured out, but just to take a first step. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Now we're gonna enjoy the candle lighting together, and so a couple of housekeeping items. Uh, One, Everybody should have a candle. Everybody, raise your hand if you got a candle coming in. Everybody got a candle? Okay. I think y'all are bad at raising your hands. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, if you don't have a candle, there are candles in the back of the room. You can run and grab one real quick while I'm explaining this. Um, first of all, if you're a parent, I'm deputizing you, knighting you as the fire chief of your little section, okay? So if your kid has a candle and it goes down, you're diving for it, okay? We want, to, we want to everybody to stay alive. We've got exits up here on the front. We've got fire extinguishers. Exits in the back. Uh, the deacons know where the fire extinguishers are, and we'll file out in an orderly manner if the whole place goes up in flames. Hopefully that's not going to happen, okay? Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to light the candle, and then I'm going to pass it on to you. We're going to turn the lights down, and we're going to sing while we're lighting the candle. So you'll pass it along to your row, and then you'll kind of turn, if you're on the end of the row, and light the person behind you. So everybody understand? And I'm going to do one more responsive reading. 
and get us started. Christ lights the darkness by sending us out to shine for others. Jesus, may we be your light to this world. a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. Silent night, silent night, holy night, Son of God, love's pure light, radiant beams from thy holy face. Son of redeeming grace, Christ the Savior is born, Christ the Savior is born. Silent night. 
have a couple of instructions for you. Number one, I want you to remember that these candles are just a symbol. Uh, These are symbols of the light that Jesus brings into our life individually. They're also a symbol that he sends you out as light into the world. And so in just a minute, I'm going to give you instructions on how to do this. We're going to actually snuff out the candles, but that doesn't mean we're giving up on light in the world, right? Because you're the light in the world, right? He's, He's sending you out to be light in the world. We're told that we love because he first loved us. And so we understand as well that we are light because Jesus was first light for us. So we're going to carefully blow the candles out by putting a hand in front of them so that you don't blow hot wax on your friend, okay? And then gently blow them out. We're going to sing one more song of celebration. Uh, And as you walk out, you can drop the candles in the basket for us. We're going to sing one more song before we finish our time together. Let's stand and sing.
Y'all can take a seat real quick. Amen. All right, we know a lot of you visiting from out of town. I encourage you to follow up again, as I said, by, by getting more involved in reading the Gospels for yourself or getting involved in a local church where the Bible would be taught. Uh, locally here, we'd love to have you back at Grace Bible Church or to invite you to join the journey. After the service, we're going to have Pastor Stephen from our church standing on this side. He'll be the guy with the beard. And we'll have Pastor Ryan standing on this side. He'll be the other guy with the beard. If you want to talk about getting more, that was a joke. I mean, they both have beards, but uh, getting more involved with Grace Bible Church or the Journey Church. Journey Church is out in Southwest Colleen uh, as well. Um, but we want to, again, remind you as you go out, remember Jesus is the light of the world, so by faith you can be the light of the world. So he says, let your light shine so that people will see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. God bless you. You may be dismissed. Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah, go get some, go eat some cookies and cocoa and hot cider. Do that. So it came to pass this man named Joe was with his fiancée. And when her pregnancy began to show, he planned.